What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, and my people down the whole 305 South Florida region, all right, and my people down Laredo as well. You are tuning here to the Monday edition of the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis Get a Dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND. If you know what you want to talk about, like always, it is open phone lines. Anything that happened over the weekend that's sports related uh, that you want to bring to the airwaves, feel free to do that. The only thing we ask you to do is to call during the breaks and be patient during the long breaks and segments, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, <clears throat> keep in mind, if you need to reach out to me or follow me via Twitter, you can do that at Sports Grind. And if you want to stream the show live and leave comments, uh, I'll respond to those and read those on air in real time uh, you can go to the business facebook page of sports grind entertainment or you can go to my personal page and like i said if i don't respond to those right away i'll respond to them later on off air and if you ever miss any of the episodes live okay you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the podcast daily that's seven days a week 365 and if you're in a market that doesn't carry us terrestrial radio wise or you're traveling or we're going to be preempted by play-by-play, kind of like today in about an hour or so, you can log on to the same website at sportsgrindonline.com where you can click the play button, listen live, and we'll appear and be right there for you live. 877-37-GRIND. What's up, Mr. Clark? Ready to rock and roll. All right, man. So let's get into it. It is Monday. Uh, get ready to kick off another week. Got a lot of things going on. This is the time of the sports year where all major sports are about to uh, pretty much be in action. Um, you know, we still haven't crowned a uh, World Series champion yet. We're in the process of doing that. Your college basketball is about to tip off here in another week or so, a couple weeks. So we've got a lot of things going on uh, today. Uh, you know how we do it. Monday is going to be recap Monday. We'll start heavy in the NFL. Definitely have have some college notes to get out uh, as well, too. When we speak about college, um, which we'll get to it, coming off a weekend that wasn't so great uh, for the uh, top prospects uh, that are supposed to be in this coming up April's draft, speaking of the quarterback position, uh, you know, in regards to that, but definitely want to touch on that. Kayla Williams, USC, have lost twice in a row now. Uh, he basically followed up his worst performance collegiate-wise in his year with another subpar performance, and the Utes defeat USC once again. And um, to all my Trojan uh, fans out there, okay, um, look, I said it on Friday, there should be no point um, – that Utah should hold a three-game winning streak over USC. And I've got a lot of respect for Utah's program, what their coach has done for him. He's been there a long time. I've got a lot of respect for them. Uh, you know, Urban kind of laid the foundation. Alex Smith, y'all remember that. Uh, but at the, with all that said, USC, with the resources and the type of, you know, prestige that school has, this is a three-game losing streak 
for USC against Utah. So I'll definitely want to look at some of those numbers. Uh, Michigan continues to dominate. I mean, you can talk about all you want to about they ain't played anybody. Who have they played? They're the one team in the country that has handled, you know, pretty much convincingly whoever their opponent's been. You can't say that for a lot of other teams. You can't say that for Georgia, the two-time defending champs. You can't say that for Alabama. You can't say that for uh, Ohio State. You can't say that for anybody except the University of Michigan. I know there's a black cloud that's surrounding them right now uh, with a lot of potential uh, suspensions still to be made, probably possibly with Harbaugh. Uh, sanctions, again, for stuff a few years ago, but I understand the negativity that's hanging around the crowd. But uh, without a doubt, I've been telling y'all for the last few weeks with the naked eye test, um, they've played the best football and this is a complete team uh, compared to <clears throat> other teams uh, in the nation. But we, you know, got quite a few college football games left to be played. Uh, so we'll all see how that plays out. Um, speaking of baseball, okay, we've got a game seven, as they say, the best words in sports, a game seven uh, for a trip to go to the World Series in the state of Texas uh, between the Astros and the Rangers. And we know that Mad Max, Max Serger, is going to be going in Game 7 for the Rangers. Um, backing up a little bit on this series, <clears throat> going back to Friday night, um, what a game that was um, in regards to um, the Astros and you know, of course, we had some a little skirmish there. Um, I've never seen. I've I've been watching Dusty Baker since he managed the Giants, and he you know he grabbed his kid up from being trampled at home plate. Okay, um, I've never seen Dusty that upset or that animated. Um, and I kind of agree with him because there was no way you supposed to throw him out of the game uh, without a warning. But what a lot of people are missing about that is that Jose, who got the save last night. You're, there was a 15, 18-minute delay on that skirmish and ejections. Hell, Dusty didn't even want to leave the dugout. He was still there. You have a closer that is warming up in the bullpen that is ready to go, getting ready to be called in, everything's going, and then all of a sudden we get a delay. Smoltzy just said it on air in real time, which is true. I mean, that disrupts you. I mean, I think that delay, and not only that, you kind of pissed the Astros off and woke woke them up. And and Altuve, I mean, this guy, he, I mean, he's a beast, you know. Um, I know AC was having conversations first. He's like, hey, man, I, this is the best Astro of all time. I said, wait a minute, pump your brakes. I was like, I know you just came up. I mean, he can be in the conversation, but, uh, you know, I'm old enough to remember. I mean, that's when I was playing Little League. Um, anybody heard somebody named Nolan Ryan? Um I mean, you go to Mike Scott. I mean, Otuve is going to be up there. But the, the the matter is, I mean, this guy has been clutch in the postseason. He plays like he's Aaron Judge size. Uh, but look, <clears throat> I told you, I figured they were going to be a game seven once I knew Yavaldi was going. Um, Yavaldi is is the king on the mound uh, for Texans. That's their big one. Tonight, you know, I just feel in the game seven, it's all hands on deck. You could see Yavaldi again for some late innings. I mean, everybody, I was hearing, uh, you know, DJ, the captain last night, talk about this on fight. He's like, everybody got to have the spikes on. You know, so it's a game seven. Uh, it's still in Houston. Um, but this one's going to be, I, I think it just comes down to what Max shows up. 
if Mad Max shows up and can give you 70 to 80 percent of what Mad Max can be in the postseason in October, the Rangers got a good chance of passing, you know, on to the World Series. Um, I don't think it's going to be a long leech for Max Serger tonight. Uh, I think if he starts off a little rocky early on the couple of innings, I think Bochy is probably going to pull him early. That's why I said the whole bullpen, even for the Astros side, I mean, when you manage these game sevens, um, you really have to have all hands on deck and you got to have short leeches to your pitcher. You know, you can't have you can have only so many trips to the mound where you're just going to have a conversation. So it's exciting. We'll see what happens. Somebody from Texas, we knew this going in, is going to the World Series. Uh, in a little bit over an hour, uh, the Phillies are going to get things going. They're going to try to uh, end their series uh, and punch their ticket to the World Series. It's going to be interesting because I figured that they would probably catch. I mean, as hot as this team has been, uh, as good as their pitching. I mean, Nola, I think, is on the mound tonight. Uh, or today, I should say, I think the way their bats have, I knew they were going to get probably at least one game in the desert, uh, and they did. But they're one win away uh, from moving on uh, and not shifting this series uh, back to uh, Philly. So uh, you got your baseball action. NBA, we're on the eve of the opening season of the National Basketball Association. Uh, things get going tomorrow with the defending champs. The Denver Nuggets are going to host the Lakers. A lot of uh, trash talking to a minimum done in the offseason between these these two organizations. We're going to get more into that tomorrow. Um, I came across some interesting comments with the Joker, though, Djokovic, about his teammate Murray uh, that I hope I'll have time to get to. If not, we'll definitely talk about that tomorrow as the NBA season tips off. Uh, in our own backyard, the 2-1-0, uh, Wimby makes another highlight reel against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, the nation is continuing to love him. They're kind of warming up. I think everybody and even you know, players were kind of saying, you know, they, they knew about the hype coming from France and everybody knew everything. And I think now we've had some preseason games and, you know, even some games he's played against starters. Some he hasn't. I mean, Golden State had some of their starters, out, uh, you know, that were playing when he played. I think now from players <clears throat> that are trying to get a piece of him, even after the game, you know, Chris Paul taking pictures with them. Uh, Stephen Curry want to do the jump ball against him at the beginning of the game. I thought that was hilarious. You know, now I think now they see it as like, you know, Coach Bolster said it best. He said, you know, you, we've seen the video and we've seen all the highlights. But when you – he goes, until you see it up close, you really don't – I mean, you never – you don't understand it till you see it up. So, again, they're going to get going as well, too. They open it up uh, against the Mavericks on Wednesday on national television. Uh, it's just crazy when I'm turning on NBA. And that was a national televised game, by the way, Jonas. Um, when I turn on and see national televised games from the Spurs that have been starving for spotlight attention uh, for the last, I would say, three years – uh, minimum it, it's crazy I, you know just one player can basically make a, a you know an NBA league and a fan base rejuvenated still think they've got a ways to go but it, it's going to be interesting to see how they play uh, speaking of NBA uh, according to Woj and a lot of the reports it's unknown if uh, James Harden is going to be uh, at the Sixers opening game Skip um, practice again today. Skip practice today. Probably all signs are pointing that he might not be there. Um, he's dug his heels in, of course. And I just think that, you know, this James Dolan situation, uh, not James Dolan, um, their GM. Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey. They both operate damn near the same way. James Dolan with the Knicks and Murray, my bad. Uh, but, yeah, 
you know, evidently he really did a lot of James, you know, I mean, because James is taking this because I again, I can't repeat this enough. I was just in, you know, about to come in here a few days ago and pretty much say about, hey, you know, James has learned from that Houston thing. He learns about, you know, he bothered what people said about him and this. Nope. You know, he showed up the first few days like, oh, I'm here, I'm here. I'm here. And next thing you know, he's gone zero dark 30. So you got all that going on. Uh, but we will start uh, in the National Football League. Um, and we've definitely got to recap some of these games uh, that took place. A lot of stuff to digest. Um, when you talk about the NFL, um, I am going to start. I do want to start. We're going to get to um, Denver here in a minute. Um, and, and tell you my thoughts about that. But I do want to start with the uh, beatdown uh, with the Ravens um, over Detroit. Um, didn't see this one coming. Um, I knew Ravens. There, there was a, quite a few people that were on the Ravens side this week, so it's not a big shocker. But I think the way the game went down, and really you've got to look at Lamar Jackson, who just went nuts. I, I, you know, in the last couple weeks, you know, London – you know, to now, it looks like this offense is finally catching on and probably had some discussions with Lamar and Munkin and is kind of basically decided to understand what Lamar does best. And they're humming right now, you know, but a beat down like that with Detroit, I think for a young team like Detroit and a lot of praise they've gotten from the offseason for people like myself uh, being a favorite to win the North and then going in opening night and the defending champs house and beating them. They probably needed to be uh, humbled a little bit. And I think Dan Campbell uh, is the perfect coach to respond, you know, to this. Um, of course, you know, I don't want to sound cliche, uh, but it could be a blessing in disguise due to the fact of, you know, with a young team that hasn't really, you know, really won anything just yet. You know, that hasn't really, you know, a comp. They're still trying to, you know, break a playoff drought. You know, it's just we, we know the history of the Lions. So I think a young team um, and I won't say I don't, I don't you know, I use a phrase about, you know, stopping to smell their own piss. I don't think this was the case with Detroit. I just think for one, they ran into a little buzzsaw in Baltimore. And for two, um, it's, it's just it happens in the NFL. You know, I know it's cliche, but any given Sunday, you can get in. Not only can you lose or anybody can beat anybody, you can get embarrassed. Uh, so I thought that was, uh, you know, pretty much an eye opener. But I'm not concerned with Detroit Lions. I think they're still going to be there uh, when the dust settles. Um, also, yesterday, um, Cleveland and the Colts ends in controversy. Um I've been dated with it for the last 48 hours um, in my presence. Th this is what I'll say. Um, there's a couple things that I feel that, that, you know, I wanted to touch on coming out of this game um, as that the Cleveland was able to go ahead and pretty much rally. It was, it was a lot more points scored early than I thought in this particular matchup uh, between these two teams. Um, but the first thing before we get into the controversy um, – on the Cleveland side, Miles uh, Garrett. I mean, look, you you know, you've got a guy. I mean, I've always had respect for Miles. Uh, you know, I think now he's got a better defensive coordinator that's able to put guys in positions around him to help him out. Um, but when you look at a performance and you're looking at a pass rusher, 
Okay, that's probably right now with that game, if he wasn't already on the radar, um, is definitely in the clubhouse at Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, tied for favorite. Uh, yeah, it's tied for favorite. Jonas not going to let it forget. He's tied for favorite. I didn't even look at the odds, but I just can tell you naked eye test. I, I don't even know what the odds are. But right now, I mean, you look at it. You look at T.J. Watt, of course. You look at Garrett. Those are the two because I think they're impactful every week. You know, if he wasn't on the radar then, he's definitely now. Because when you have a guy that is a pass rusher that's making the type of money Miles Garrett is, and you have him on special teams that's going to block a field goal kick, um, you can't tell me that doesn't go a long way with everybody else on the team. I mean, he's the best defensive player on the team, probably the best player on the team, minus Chubb being out. It's really those two guys. And for him to be on special teams and make a play like that is just amazing. Um, now, before I get to the controversy in, in, in on, the, on the officiating side, um, this Deshaun situation is getting more. And, and, you know, Jonas tried to take me down the grassy knoll about a week ago, two weeks of what was circling around Cleveland about Deshaun. Um, is getting more interesting and it's getting more kind of like, you know, who's pushing this? Where is this coming from? Because I can take it two different ways uh, with him. I got my thoughts on Stefanski as well, too. I definitely want to talk about that and we'll get into the uh, controversial call. After we talk about that, when we get back, got to get into the Broncos. I've got mixed emotions on this one. You know, they were able to avoid going 0-4 for the first time at home in franchise history. Uh, I know Orange Nation, the fan base is, just, you know, split down this decision. Uh, but I want to go ahead and talk about what we saw at Empower Field at Mile High yesterday. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro DeBell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports crime. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. Too many convicts that rolled me to play in this. Ooh, crowd nonsense, get old summer spreading this. Ooh, 
All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here for the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios, 877-37-GRIND. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. If you're looking to check out what's the latest new products they have in stock, or you already know what they have, but you just want to deliver straight to your doorstep, don't forget about SpecsOnline.com because the fun starts here. That is Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and official partner of the Dallas Cowboys, which was idle this week. Uh, bye. Idols technically college, but bye. You know what I mean? They off. But anyway, as we move on, okay, uh, before we move on from this Cleveland and Colts game, uh, yeah, so Miles Garrett, just a hell of a performance. Um, you know, I definitely thought that looking at that game, that Cleveland defense especially uh, had some residue left over still from the 49ers game, a little fatigue. You know, that stat floating around, team that gets beat by before you play 49ers, like I think the stat was like 1-10 in 10 after week you play the Niners because it's a physical game. So I think that had a little bit to do because, like I said, there was more points than they gave up than I thought. But, you know, give credit a little bit to the Colts. Um, again, because everybody's got their opinion on the call and the controversy. I The, the thing I want to focus on, there's a couple things. Number one, in regards to Cleveland, um, look, I just don't I, – I, I've had talks with Jonas for this a while. I've never been 100% stole on Stefanski, man. And even in a win – it's like his offense and his plan. I get it because I hear it from this guy sitting to the left of me, and it's been this conversation for years about run the ball, run the ball. That's fine, and I understand they had a backup. But some, you mean to tell me? Because like, because last time I checked, you know, uh, it depends on what day Kenny Moore shows up to play on whether it's a Sunday, Thursday. You put him in the conversation. But last time I checked, there ain't no Deion Sanders. Uh, there's no Woodson. There's no you know PS two. There's nobody in the Colts secondary. You mean to tell me you can't get Amari? Involved a little bit earlier in Cooper. I mean, you would have swore Cooper was locked down. And and I think it's more of the fact of kind of just either just, you know, look, man, I'm not trying to mess up because I get it. I mean, you got a defense. You got the number one defense in the league. Okay, so you don't want to have a guy out there that don't have any hardly any starts. He's a backup. And I understand we don't want him to do anything to press. But at the end of the day, you got to take the wheels off a little bit. Okay, and that was prior, and you know, and that, and that's before I get into the Deshaun Watson situation. Uh, so that's my thoughts. I, I just don't know if I'm 100% stolen Stefanski, and it's it's, it's going to be a lot riding on the defense because if this offense could get anything going consistently, and I understand everything changes when you lose one of the best backs in the league, regardless if we're in a pass happy league or not. Uh, but if you can get something going consistently on the offense, this is potentially a Super Bowl contending team in the AFC. Because of their defense. Um, now, on the other side of that with Deshaun, somebody's not telling the truth right now. And, and, and you know, I saw the play. Uh, first of all, Deshaun came out and played awful. I mean, he made some bad throws, bad decisions. I mean, I, I was listening to the feed, watching that game live. The commentator tried to make excuses for him on that second interception. That was a bad throw. I mean, I don't know where he was throwing to, too. I don't know if he's pressing. I don't know if it's the shoulder that's still bothering. But I see the play. He gets throws the interception, and he gets tackled. He hits his head in the back of the turf. 
Now, of course, in protocol, and I've said this earlier in the season, since the Tua situation last year, man, I ain't seen nobody clear protocol and play in the same week. Maybe we had one. I don't know, but I doubt it. And I barely have seen, without a mistake, somebody going out and being in concussion protocol and getting checked out and get clear to come back in the game. But, however, there was fuzzy reports coming from the sideline. You see Deshaun on the sideline. You see him grabbing, clutching his helmet and don't want to let go of his helmet everywhere. Um... He comes in the, goes in the tent, comes out of the tent. He's clear. They said he's been clear. But he doesn't check back in the game. Now, Stefanski says at halftime, it's about uh, we're taking extra precaution. We want to basically go ahead and protect him. Now, I'm not going to sit there and tell you that's a lie because of the amount of money that is invested in Deshaun, and that's the reason why I thought they were taking slow with this shoulder situation. But due to the fact he was clear, Due to the fact that you could see when you showed up, you were just not going to roll over the Colts. And if you look at tight, the AFC North standings are, you just can't throw away games if you're in the North, even if you're just in the AFC, period. But they didn't let him go back in. And part of me feels like, was that because of performance? Because you saw early on, like, damn, man, maybe we were maybe like, nah, hold on. Or was it more of Deshaun making a decision that he wasn't ready to go, which I don't think that was the case. Now, after the game, you know, Stefanski kind of put it out there that he felt like he was clear, you know, would take precaution, but we should be good to go. Now, Deshaun says something totally different. He says, well, I hope it's not my hurt my shoulder more, whatever. So I don't like to go in the grassy knoll too much with Jonas all the time, especially the Cleveland grassy knoll because that, that's who they are as a fan base, majority of them. But I'm starting to buy in to where I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to have another Russell Wilson situation on the hand with Deshaun or what's going to go. Because first of all, regardless, I'm sticking to what I said in July and summer, what I've told Jonas. Like, Stefanski's going to end up falling on the sword on this one. Whether it's fair or not, whether you think he's a good coach or not, if you're looking at a team that has a Super Bowl defense. Okay, I've been watching football a long time, and I know Super Bowl defensive caliber teams when I see them, and Cleveland has that right now. Okay. So, and I don't throw around that lightly, but this offense, as Stefanski calls the plays, right, Jonas? Just yeah. want oh, to oh, double yeah. check. Okay, just want to let some change. And I didn't know, gave up play calling. He's got one of those yeah. uh, Sean Payton you know, yeah. breakfast menus over there, too. Yeah, and I, and I don't think he called a bad game yesterday. I, I think a lot of it had to do with Deshaun just looking bad and making bad decisions. But I just, come on, man. In, in those six snaps. Huh? In the, the what Deshaun played. Yeah. 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 Well, to, first of all, five or whatever. He hasn't, he, he's had one game that he's looked good. Or decent. What game was I'm talking about, Jonas? He's had one game. It was like week two, right? Yeah, it was week. Uh, maybe week one in that Cincy game. He scored that touchdown. He's you know doing doing the maybe guitar it was week. Okay, maybe it was he, week one. Off. Maybe it was week one. So again, it's a shoulder thing, you know, because I think now we're past the point of rust and this and that. But I've said that this next year, because of the contract situation, is going to be the year. Like, okay, man, it didn't work with the man. You pick the coach, and if you don't look good next year, then that's that. But it's just a weird situation that I think is going to develop more. You're probably going to get more conspiracy coming out of Cleveland. They won. But part of me feels like that was a performance decision, in my opinion, Jonas. You've covered this team before because I wanted to get your thoughts before we go to the controversy. So what's your thoughts on that, Mr. Clark, in regards to that particular? He had his helmet. I thought I swore I told him, I saw him tell a coach, like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go back in. But he was held out and they didn't let him go back in. Now, if you're, you've got an independent doctor at every game. 
So if he cleared him, he wasn't concussed. And like I said, this we haven't seen too many guys get back in games that even have sense, even if they clear the test, because I do think there's a lot of franchises that are scared as you know what because of what happened with Miami. But if you had to pick, Jonas, do you think that was more based off of what we saw in those six plays or whatever early on? Was that more about a based of performance not letting him in back in, or was it more of really we're protecting our investment? I think it's probably more like 60-40. So you take um, a little bit of both. Yeah, because there's a part of Deshaun Watson hasn't looked right. Okay, He took weeks off of practice. So there's a part of getting out of the flow. Uh, he wasn't even confirmed to really be the starter until Friday of last week. So they've been so wishy-washy on this whole situation that it's just that you don't really know where to gauge uh, where Deshaun's at. Right. You can see, like you said before, you can see where you'll protect the financial investment. Then he said, you know, there's a fact of like there, a, a rotator cuff is supposed to be. He said, my research is three to four weeks. You know, that, I gave you that that sound bite last week. So I, I think it's a bit of both, but it's still just a really rough situation. And I say that because when we have to believe in what coaches and coordinators and, 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 and even I mean, team owners and whatever, credit report is everything, okay? Stefanski coming out and saying that we put the, the health and protection of our players above all else, okay? I, I, don't, I hate to sound like a broken record here, but there was a number six that played the same position that made a lot less money. And you couldn't protect him from himself if you if if you're if you're in the camp that you think that Baker went out there and played on his own, or if you're in the camp that the teams that the team told him to. Either way, it sounds sketchy. And the same guy was calling plays, and the same guy was head coach. I agree with so that. So which way is it? Now you can say, okay, well we learned from our lesson with Baker. This is you know again you can. It's one thing to wreck, and I, I'm, this is going to sound harsh. It's one thing to wreck a Mustang. It's a different thing to wreck a Maserati. And Deshaun Watson is supposed to be. A Maserati. But he's not playing Maserati. He hasn't, but he hasn't played. Like, he's been in the garage for a minute. Again, we talked about luxury cars on Friday, too. Uh, <laughs> he's been in the garage for a minute, and sometimes it takes a little bit to get there. But then you also have to stack it on top of the fact, too. P.J. Walker is 2-0 and as starter of the Cleveland Browns. Beat the Niners. Throws a, what, 40-yard bomb on a, on a line to Elijah Moore yesterday. To move them down the field, there was no penalty involved in that play. To to get them an eighty yard drive to put yep. them in scoring position, so there's the other fact too about it's the mental element. And I'm hearing this elsewhere. This isn't a, this isn't just my take, but that Deshaun Watson, whether it was the time off, and then you come out in your starter, and then you have to go back to the bench, and then you have a a, a, a guy signed off the practice squad. Leads a team to a win over the top number one team. I think we can say the Niners are the number one team in the NFL. Helps lead the team there. Or just doesn't do enough to lose that game. And then comes out and has a drive like that. You start to wonder where he's at mentally. Because you were away from the game for two years. Well, And there's enough thing for real rust to happen when you're away from that. From, because you can throw. You can do all this. But if you're not seeing action... And you're not, you're not, you take two years away from processing speed, your eyes, and you get older in that same time frame. Well, you just wonder if, if the, if the, the, the Browns bought a car 
that has more problems than, than what it looked like on the outside. It could be possible that for full transparency, I was down with the signing when it happened. Um, I've been a Deshaun Watson backer. I haven't jumped all the way off the boat yet, but I do believe if there's chatter about the mental capacity of where his head's at, I think that's 120% accurate because at the end of the day, what it shows too, you and I talked about this before, but you can't like to think that you can take two years off almost of playing football at that position and come back and, and, and not, you know, just pick up where you left. That that's just that just proves that's not unheard of now. But at the same breath, I saw Michael Vick damn near do a two to three, a three to nine in the bid in the pen. And when he got an opportunity with Philly, now granted that's Andy Reid, but Michael yeah, we've already but, been but, there but, before. Right. But Michael Vick No, he wasn't running no four two, four, three, forties at that time to outrun people. But he still looked like pretty much Michael Vick and played a little bit even better from the pocket. The only problem with Michael Vick, he kept taking hits and he kept getting hurt because he ain't been used to getting hit in a couple of years. Deshaun, this right now, if I had to choose, this looks a little bit more than rust. I, I don't think, you know, because I, I played the rust card. When Jonas and I talked about this last year, I played the rush card. I'm all about basically giving a guy time, especially if I've seen him do it before. Y'all know me, whether I got rooting interest in it or not. This seems a little bit different. And if you're already skeptical and that and don't these guys are human, man. Don't think that. I mean, look, the camera's pinning over there. Even yesterday, Sean got his the Sean got his beanie on. He's clapping last week against the 49ers. He pretty much masked up. I'm like, damn, it ain't even that cold yet in Cleveland. Sean, like wait till December, man. But he's masked up, but he's clapping. But don't think these guys are human. Don't think watching the backup quarterback go out and beat the 49ers. And Deshaun's watched enough football in his lifetime to know what that is on the defensive side of the ball. And don't think he understands what his bank account, what the deal is. There's some guys that just basically when they get that kind of pressure and this is a man that has basically wasn't a peaches and cream growing up either you know i know the story with deshaun and his mom and Ward dunn you know gifting the house he wasn't born with a silver uh, silver spoon in his mouth but he's human and this looks a little bit more to me than rust and 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 i think going back to your point and we can move on and get to the controversy and i'll get to the other game but don't think i mean in regards to the fact of what they're going to do going forward in regards to the Baker Mayfield you brought up. Uh, yeah, I've always been in the camp that Baker just made a bad decision and he was trying to get the contract and showing that he was tough. I mean, that's a Cleveland town, tough, I can play. And at the point is, you're right, I agree with you 100% on the fancy take. I think it's bullcrap too because whether what side, they let Baker go out there. And I think the only reason why they went to let Baker go out there because they knew they were trying to make plans and move on without him. Now, Deshaun, but I didn't hear those comments from Stefanski, but if he said that, it is, if you follow this all the way through since Deshaun and going back to the Baker with Cleveland, then you know that I don't buy that either. But before we move on, the controversy, look, this is the way I see it, all right? Um, the call, the, the, the play, well, let me back up. The Colts have this game pretty much in control until rookie boy wonder Stefanski not Stefanski, I mean, um, Steichen. Steichen decides to sit here with your backup quarterback, with your back turned to your back to your own end zone, go shotgun two or three straight plays, and you've got the top two defense in the league and probably the best playing the best pass rusher position right now in the game, and you decide to, hey, it's right before half, just run the ball, punt, it's okay, we've got control. 
But Wonderboy Steichen decides to go shotgun, and then you got Miles Garrett. They've stripped the ball or whatever. Ball game changes from there. So let's start with that before we get the call, because I think that changed the whole game around. Now, let's go to the call. Amari call is the right call. The one on Amari, that was a foul. The guy that's commentating the game said it. You can say, well, why do you call him that? You can't touch a receiver more. That was way past five yards down the field. That's a call. That's the right call. Now, on the pass interference call on the play before last play, that was probably a bad call. That was a questionable call. That was a bad call. The Cooper one was right. That call was a bad call because it wasn't really catchable. I mean, hell, you know, like, I mean, I don't even know Wimby. I mean, if he's playing receiver, I don't even know if you make that catch. What is that? It was probably a bad call. All right. Uh, the fumble recovery, um, you know, at that time, and you get that five, you get that, you know, past five yards call on Cooper. It sucks. The fumble would have saved the game, but that was the right call. But the call after that, probably a bad call. But it amazes me that a lot of people now are looking at this weekend, and you brought up the officiating last week, Jonas, and it's become more of a focal point. Um, because honestly, if you look at last night's game in Miami and Philly, that rough in the pass on Jalen Hurts was garbage. I mean, that was just that's that changes. That's a game where they basically have to settle for three points or punt the ball. Drive continues, bam, they go up twenty-four to ten or whatever the score was at that time. That's a two-touchdown swing. But it's just crazy to me that I think now that we've got more cameras and now that sports betting in is more people are starting to be conscious when I've been talking about this. Because I don't remember a lot of people running to the defense of the New Orleans Saints when a trip to the Super Bowl was on the line. A trip was the Super Bowl was on the line against the Rams, and that was a blatant pass interference that would have put the ball on the one in ball game. I don't care about those overtime. They could have still won. No, that was a game. There wasn't, unless you had money on that game or unless you were down from the 504, there was no sympathy of outrage that much. I think we all agreed that was a bad call, but it wasn't discussions about, oh, well, do we need to make refs full time? Do we need to? No. And that was the most egregious call still to my lifetime that I've ever watched. And I've been watching football for damn near almost 40 years. So that's the way I look at it. So as for the Colts, I look at basically Steichen. I think he's, I think he's, I like his moxie. I think the team does play a little bit harder physical under him than they did Frank Wright, Chuck Pagano. But the reality of it is, he's still a rookie coach, and he's made some bad mistakes. He's he's got he's he's got blood on his hands for Anthony Richardson being on the IR. That's on him. And what in the hell are you calling shotgun back-to-back plays with your backup? That's You know what that is? And, again, if you look at college this weekend and you look at the pros, we are in that generation of these coaches that are head coaches and coordinator. They've grown up in the Madden. They've grown up playing Madden. And some of these dudes call the game just like they do with they got a controller in their hand. And I'm not even trying to be funny. You don't do Madden. Huh? You don't do that. Hey, well, some of these calls, they make it seem like. But come on, Steichen. But at the end of the day, man, Colts on the 504. Cleveland moves on, but that Deshaun Watson situation is something to look for. When we get back, Denver avoids going the history that they didn't want to make. We'll talk about that when we get back. You'll listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here for the Maestro DeBell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this... It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. 
a dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you. Cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind.